I still have all my vests with my patches. Well, also, there's probably a record too of like your. Yeah, name. I know, but okay. I I have my vests and patches, Lexi. Let me have that. <laughs> I never sewed shit onto mine ever. Wow. Um, I was like very anti the uniform. So oh, my mom, like after brownies, I didn't wear it, but I was like, well, I'm gonna lose it, and my mom was big on sewing it, mm. so she sewed. She did. The best outfit is the juniors. Oh Just yeah, hundred percent. Looked great. That's disgusting. Um, daisies, <laughs> abhorrent. It was uh, a smock. The daisies got a. It's smock. a smock. It's a literal smock. Um, brownies is like the classic. It's like the Americana, like you know. But the juniors really gets me. Speaking of uniforms, did you guys ever, A, get to wear one of the kooky costumes, or B, had to wear your uniform, like, in a public ceremony? I never owned all the pieces of a uniform. I only ever owned the vest or sash, because I refused to mm. wear that again. <laughs> like, I said, yeah. Which is funny, because now I'm, like, very here for the uniform, but, like, at the time, I was, like, I'm not, like, other girls. And also, my troop leader just didn't work it so I didn't feel any need to do it also cookie costume what the hell are you talking about <laughs> we didn't know cookie costume Hold up, friends okay so it was really we had the thin mint samoa and trefoil one and it was when we were selling cookies especially like either in the mall or like by the train station we had this costume which was like you know those really shitty halloween costumes that are just like give me about to get a visual thing but this is an audio but this is an audio format these type of things. Imagine a thin mint. And it, imagine it a little costume. Tui. It's a Halloween costume. It's a Halloween. They're holding a Halloween milk cart. Like costume. Halloween costumes that you just slip on your body. And we had those and we wore those and we got to like rotate because we were more than three girls. We would mess with people by stuffing our hands and like limbs and head inside the cookie and just like sit on the ground. So when people came back, we'd pop our head out and say, hi, buy some cookies. Oh, <laughs> and, like, Some people would just be like, oh, my God, like we would do dance. We do the Cotton Eye Joe in them. Like we really just marketing skills honed. And then for the when I ask about the actual uniform, the only thing I didn't have were gloves. But I bought those gloves and I remember my mom being like, this is a stupid amount of money. But I said, yes. However, it was from the Memorial Day Parade and I had the chance to hold the banner and then hold the flag at like the next like camp fire or whatever. And Hillary Clinton was going to be walking right with us. So I said, mom, I'm doing it. Give me the gloves. New York Girl Scouts are serious. Yeah. The like. I think I wore a white turtleneck because it was like hot but like still windy sort of like late May New York vest I think they made me wear the little hat but I don't remember the hat I know we at least had to put it up yeah and the then we had to wear the gloves yeah. while holding and I held the little making a arm gesture for holding my little banner and I walked <laughs> all over town and then I must have it. been in the trash Girl Scouts because yeah when it's parades and the Girl Scouts went before the Boy Scouts, which was even better than Memorial Day Parade. I don't know how we, like, managed that one. And it was, like, the whole town's troops, but we were leading the way with, like, 
our banner saying like we are the Girl Scouts. I do love pageantry. All the flags. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love the pageantry. Good. Good on you. Like why not? <laughs> love it. This modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women. Hello and welcome to Lady History, the good, the bad, and the ugly ladies you missed in history class. Hey Lexi, what Girl Scout badge could you never earn? Bicycling. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I can't ride a bike and people have tried to teach me. And like, literally like, yes, I can sit on it and I can pedal and I can go a good few feet, but I would never qualify for the badge. But you can ride a tricycle. I can famously famously <laughs> and Haley, what's the best way to roast marshmallows start by putting two marshmallows on a stick i don't want any of this one marshmallow nonsense that's not enough but as you get like to the golden brown on the side that's less brown flip it so that's on the bottom and then put your chocolate on top for a few seconds so mm-hmm. it already starts the pre-melt and then you put the sandwich i like to use something other than a graham cracker. I'm not a purist that way. I like to use like a chocolate chip cookie or feeling fancy, like an actual Girl Scout cookie, like the two foil shortbread. Cause that offsets, like, I don't actually like a thin mint. That's my favorite cookie, but a thin mint for this, unless I don't have the chocolate. Are all of those egg free? I kind of just assumed. Yes. That's like the other reason why I was a Girl Scout was I was presented with cookies that didn't have eggs. And I said, please take all my money. And I'm Alana. And in kindergarten, I was a daisy for exactly 30 minutes. My God, that's what happened to my dad and my mom. And I think is part of why they met. Well, my dad wasn't a daisy. And my mom wasn't a daisy. I was going to say, I didn't think your dad was a daisy. Um, My brother, my mom, my dad was a Boy Scout for like 45 minutes. And my mom walked to the church down the street to go to her first brownies meeting. And she wasn't wearing the uniform right. And that's back like in the 70s when you had to wear the uniform to every meeting, which is not the case anymore. Wait, what? Like back in like the earlier days of Girl Scout, you had to wear the whole uniform. Yeah, like our brownies, we wore the uniform. (laughs) Oh my God. New York is on some. New York is right there. We at least wore the vest and we wore like, Uh, we we wore this vest vest as brownies. But we did not have to wear the full outfit. Maybe I don't think it was the full outfit, but we wore the vest and like you were hot shit. If you were wearing your vest and you knew you went to some empty classroom afterwards to go to your Girl Scouts. No, I was only a daisy for 30 minutes um, because they wanted me to do ridiculous shit such as say my name out loud in a large group of people. And that was not the vibes for me as a five-year-old. And now I host a podcast. So... (laughs) How far we've come. We're chanting tonight on the old campground. I'll be talking about the first Girl Scout, Juliet Gordon Lowe, who was born in Savannah, Georgia on October 30th, 1860. And if you remember something about your U.S. history and that that time and that place just keep that in your mind and Juliet's nickname throughout her life was Daisy and we now affectionately call as we mentioned a little earlier 
um, the baby, the baby Girl Scouts daisies. Her father was a Confederate soldier and her family owned enslaved people, including enslaved children. But the interesting thing about that is that the Girl Scouts organization does tend to talk about that pretty openly. They don't like hide that or anything. And so it is an opportunity for like young women to learn about that kind of history. And the Civil War and legal slavery ended when Juliet was four years old, but um, in a whole bunch of historic hoopla we don't need to get into here today, and we have kind of dressed before, just because legal slavery ended, it doesn't mean that that was over. As a child, she was frequently ill, and she suffered from chronic ear infections, which affected her hearing for the rest of her life. And despite often being sick, she was adventurous and loved to swim and play outside. She grew up to marry a very wealthy British guy, but their marriage was not good, so we don't need to talk about them. Just know that's where she got the last name Lowe. And other than that, we can just mention that at their wedding, she got rice. You know how like people throw rice when people get married, or they used to. You shouldn't do it. It's bad for birds, but um, people used to do that. She got some rice caught in her ear. That was like so embedded it had to be removed by a doctor I guess you might call that surgically but I guess it's, I don't know if that technically qualifies as surgery or not but she had to have rice removed by a doctor as I mentioned she already was hard of hearing from her chronic ear infections but this also impacted her hearing basically she was really hard of hearing for most of her life she spent most of her married life living in England and her husband died in 1905 after a somewhat rocky and not great marriage and the couple had no children. If I got rice stuck in my ear at my wedding, I do think that would doom them. Like, I think that's a bad omen yeah. for the marriage. Yeah. It's like, it started off on the wrong ear. Yeah. <laughs> in England, Juliet met Sir Robert Baden Powell, who was the founder of the Boy Scouts. And she met him in 1911. And he suggested that Juliet go work with the Girl Guides um, which is, was the sister program to the Boy Scouts that his sister Agnes was working on there in England and in London and the surrounding area. And this inspired her to bring a similar program to American Girls. Juliet returned to Georgia and she founded the Girl Scouts that next year, 1912. The first troop of Girl Scouts was made up of 18 girls from Savannah, Georgia, recruited through her cousin's job as a school principal. Her cousin, she was a school principal. She called her and she was like, hey, I've got this idea. Get me 18 girls. And her cousin said, okay. Juliet's goal was to let the girls shape the program and make decisions for themselves. So most of the structure of the Girl Scouts, including the name Girl Scouts, was developed by those girls themselves. And um, Juliet also obtained two patents during her lifetime. One for the, the trefoil, which is worn as a badge for the Girl Scouts. And the other for an item called liquid container for use with garbage can or the like. In 1927, Juliet passed away after suffering from breast cancer. She was buried in her Girl Scout uniform with a note in her pocket from the National Girl Scout officers, which read, you are not only the first Girl Scout, but the best Girl Scout of them all. Today, the Girl Scouts own and operate Juliet's childhood home as a historic house museum. In 2012, the 100th anniversary of the Girl Scouts, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama, posthumously, of course. And the Girl Scouts continues to thrive today as an international organization. 
There is absolutely no secret that I was, am, and forever will be a Girl Scout. And to follow up on Lexi's story, I'm covering not a specific lady, but piggybacking off the idea that Girl Scouts serve and this like community representation. So from Lexi's story of Juliet and also kind of our intro with our own experiences. This service, because Girl Scouts have been around for many, many years, they're different highlights of like history, Girl Scout quote unquote services. So I'm focusing on the Great Depression and like the 1930s and a little bit of World War One and World War II. And I have a lot in the show notes. I have the Girl Scout website's history page, which they have their own timeline. And I'm focusing on like the part that says like Great Depression. And also diving into a little more about the cookie business because that's also where it like booms, which is kind of funny that it's the Great Depression, but that's where they're like, whole cookie business really takes off. So the year 1930s-ish, and I'm going to read the 1930 blurb straight from the Girl Scout history page. I had to read the early 2000s version of this. I'm making everyone else do this. I don't know about you, Lexi, but we did do like reading history around the circle, read it from the handbook and everything. So I'm going to just replicate that right here, right now. Throughout the Great Depression, Girl Scouts participated in relief efforts by collecting clothing and food for those in need. To meet the needs of the waves of new immigrants, Girl Scouts began printing its, quote, who are the Girl Scouts, end quote, promotional booklet in Yiddish, Italian, and Polish. So getting a little more, going back to the history coming from Haley, the Scouts had grown to about 200,000 people and they wanted to keep growing a hem look at the blurb they st- like one of their ways were um printing their promotional pamphlets in different languages and it wasn't just yiddish italian and polish also continuing during the great depression was the selling of girl scout cookies to raise money for not only their own troop but just in general aid and relief in 1933, Girl Scouts of Greater Philadelphia Council, <clears throat> Lexi, baked and sold said cookies in the windows of gas and electric companies. Get this. The price what? was- in the, in the windows? Yeah. Like it literally said like in the windows. So I'm thinking like they just had like their own pop-up stand or something. Who knows? Get this. The price was 23 cents per box of 44 cookies or- $1.24 for six boxes. When I sold cookies, they were $3.50. And by the tail end of graduating from high school, they're turning it to $4. They are now five to six dollars. And I think one like specialty box is actually seven. So inflation to the maxes. Do I still buy them? Yes, I, I absolutely still do. And because of the scouts were all about the learnings, the knowledge, girls be business, ladies be business. They honed in on those entrepreneurship skills and decided to branch out, not just in wearing cookie costumes like I did, but getting a commercially baked cookie. So Philly's council was the first to sell this commercially baked cookie. It blossomed. It really worked. So other councils, um, like New York was another one, 
started selling their cookies through companies or getting the cookies from a company rather than baking it them themselves. And you can actually look for some recipes. They have like the old recipes. And I know we tried one one time and they didn't turn out that great, but that's okay. I'll get over it sometime. In 1936, the national organization began to license out the commercial bakers. So at this point, this is what kind of was the catalyst for getting Girl Scout cookie flavors to be sold across the country, not in the council's like immediate bases or areas outside a window of a gas or electric company. (laughs) Um, But more what I had to do of holding that little sheet of paper and going door to door and having this spread across the country, not just on like New England, New York councils. And with different manufacturers, we have not only different names, we have different cookies in their essence. Same sort of taste, but they look different. And like, I actually couldn't tell the difference in taste, but I didn't have like a sample to like do like a blind taste testing. It's more that they do taste like a Thin Mint or a Samoa. And those names and those differences are still a thing. And I've added a map in the show notes, but for all you listeners, for 2023 cookies, you have ABC Bakers, and then you have Little Brownie Bakers. So Philadelphia is actually an ABC Baker, but it looks like New York is a Little Brownie Baker. I think DC, DC is a... DC is kind of like on the verge. I can't really DC tell what this is the opposite of the the Philly greater area one. So because, then they are a little brownie baker. Because I know this because I know it's not correct. So <laughs> DC, I would say that's incorrect. <laughs> I have two, I have four actually, four examples. So calorie and nutritional value are pretty much the same. I really don't give a crap about that. It's really about look and taste. So for thin mints. The ABC Bakers, the let's just put it delicately, the incorrect. Correct. Statement. The correct. What? The correct. No, it's ABC. Incorrect because it's the correct to me. No, but they're not good. They're not as good because they're not Listen, like. If it's not in the silver foil, it is not a thin mint. Silver foil? What? No, it's the clear sheet. It's not a clear sheet. It is silver foil. All right. We're going to have to do a taste test on this now that Lexi has one type and I have another type. And this Patreon is content. Yeah. So Lexi's, Lexi's Thin Mint is slightly smaller and kind of looks like a flower. And it's considered crunchier with more mint than chocolate in each bite. Mine is richer, smoother, cho- a smoother chocolate coating and a distinct peppermint taste disgusting so they're both called thin mints now when we get to my samoas lexi's version is actually called caramel delights yeah 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 that's what it's called mine look a little crispier not gonna lie from this picture um and i think the big difference is the caramel is milk chocolate and vanilla flavor. Mine is dark chocolate and toast, more toasted coconut. I mean, they both have toasted coconut. But mine- yeah, that's why they're the worst one. It's called like a more, it's a more toasted coconut. They, 
to me they taste the most similar that's good to know because i don't like i don't like them and i don't like them but i I don't like them them. (laughs) because they have coconut and because it's the coconut it's it's a bad texture coconut yeah it's not i like water or something but i thought i was gonna throw a bone to to the to the non-caramel delights to the samoas but the dark chocolate didn't save them so no so then we have what i would call a tag along and it's (laughs) those are the best ones okay so we're definitely going to get these for the taste test so it's tag alongs it's more layers of peanut butter inside the cookie but lexi's is called a peanut butter patties with a vanilla flavor and lighter peanut butter layer it's so good and what I used to do when Fashionable. I ate them, you know how when you shave an Oreo with your teeth, do you sure. guys do that? Oh, of I course. used to do that with tagalongs too. Yeah, yeah that's how you used get, to eat them. Yeah, and that's the, the cookie underneath had like a like a bowl to hold the to hold the peanut butter. Yeah. Then the last one I have as a comparison are what I would call the dosi dos, and Lexi would call peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, those are ass. Lexi, I'm joking. Those are ass. No matter what you call them, they're ass. They're kind of ass. Um, Yeah. I like, so I actually agree with my map. The only thing I liked about the dosi dos was if I put them in the oven because ours is crunchier and butterier. And it does, from this map, agree with my statement. I like toasting them up even a little bit more to get like a crunch crunch. Right. The use of cookie sales haven't stopped being the source of aid relief. So selling cookies or using cookies as gifts. My troop did cookies to veterans or donating to a specific cause. And over the years, it's kind of been an evolved process, like adding new flavors or retiring some old flavors, and then also having incentives for the girls to sell as many cookies, like adding cool prizes. Like I know if you sold like a hundred box, you got like one you got a, you got different patch levels, but you could also get like something that's like a pencil to like a stuffed animal. And I've heard now like some kids are getting like a bike, like a tricycle or something. Like they're they have some like wild prizes now. And in my research, I actually couldn't find any prizes from other decades. I don't know if that's like a very new like '90s to now thing or like in the '50s we had um, prizes or incentives. And one fun fact about the scouts between the time of both World War One and World War II. So they used to collect peach pits and they would make the peach pits um, or use them in making gas masks. And the pit acted as, as a filter. And I couldn't find how they came to this conclusion, but I really want to think it's like some Girl Scout being like, I want my inventor's patch. And I'm going to see what I can do. And was like peach pit. Um, and that's basically it for kind of the overall ideal, Girl Scout ideal of service. I almost said servitude, but that, mm, I don't like that word. Um, and also some more Girl Scout cookie history. Use that at your next cocktail party. So my story is pretty short uh, today because this lady is still alive. And I feel like we often forget just how recent, just how modern the modern civil rights movement is. All of these first black, what like first black, I mean, president, obviously, but like first black, first woman kind of like 
milestones, a lot of those people are still alive. The civil rights movement or this, the modern civil rights movement is very modern. Don't forget it. Gloria Dean Randall was born April 14th, 1938 in Aries in Houston, Texas. When she was in high school, she joined junior Girl Scout troop number 155. Uh, And I also want to note that Gloria graduated high school as salutatorian with a 4.986 GPA, which was point, I'm going to count the zeros, point zero 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 one GPA point below the valedictorian. Uh, She was, however, the valedictorian of her kindergarten class, which is more impressive, frankly. Of her Girl Scout experience, she noted that the segregation of her troop had a profound impact on her leadership and later civil rights work. She is a three-time Indiana University alum with both a BA and MA in zoology and a PhD in education. Her zoological work focused on genetics and the normalcy, air quotes normalcy, of animals, My first source in the show notes is actually an interview with Dr. Scott, where she talks a little bit more about her research. I don't understand it, but if you, listener, uh, have an interest or background in genetics slash zoology, go check that out. I'm going to skip some stuff early in her career so I can get to the theme of the episode. But after finishing her PhD, she taught at several universities in like the northern part of the American South, like North Carolina and, and Tennessee. Having served as president of the Negro Girl Scout Senior Planning Board during the 1950s, Dr. Scott became the first Black president of the Girl Scouts of America in, I almost said 1795. No. Wow, impressive. (laughs) So impressive. (laughs) Having served as president of the Negro Girl Scout Senior Planning Board during the 1950s, Dr. Scott became the first Black president of the Girl Scouts of America in 1975. During this time, the Girl Scouts endorsed the Equal Rights Amendment and focused on diversity and inclusion. In her final year as president, 1978, the Girl Scouts logo was redesigned to what it is today, showing three girls' profiles. The profiles represent what Dr. Scott calls the genetic range of skin color, black, white, and brown. Since the end of her term as Girl Scout president, she has served as vice president and president of various universities, mostly women's and historically Black university, such as Bennett College, which is a Black women's college in Greensboro, North Carolina. In 2001, she moved to Corpus Christi, Texas, where she currently lives and where June 18th is officially Dr. Gloria Randall Scott Day. She has a day? She has a day, only only in like this town, but she has a day. Doesn't matter where it is. Having a day is special. It is. You can find this podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Lady History Pod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode will be on ladyhistorypod.com. If you like the show, rate us a review. Follow us on Patreon. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Instagram at post.alex.ism. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Lexi is doing the editing. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History. Next time on Lady History, we are heating up the kitchen and cooking up something great for your ears.